Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Perry, joining me virtually from Hagerstown, Maryland. I still want to say heads to you, even though we're months into this now. Mr. Darren Shrewsbury Jr. Darren, a wonderful weekend of football, wonderful weekend of baseball for me. Good weekend in hockey, too, for that matter. What did you think of it? I I obviously didn't watch much baseball at all. I have, or you really hockey, should, but I've kept up with the the playoff stuff and saw some saw the crazy plays and all of that. Um, so I could definitely uh, see why uh, it has been a good uh, a weekend. Um, football definitely some interesting uh, games, um, and well, hockey I can't say much at all. Penguins beat the Blackhawks. Five, two, I think. Did we get a sixth? I don't remember, remember, but it. They scored fifteen seconds into the hockey game. You do something. You do that. You're 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 doing something right. First shift, and then piled on and was four nothing. We chased our former goaltender Mark Andre Fleury out of the game in the second period. The first, yeah, first period. So, yeah, good day to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. Uh, <laughs> but not, this is not a Penguins podcast. This is a, this is a football podcast with a swing toward the Patriots in West Virginia. So the Patriots played a very, very, very interesting game of football yesterday. I want to know what you thought about it. I, it. It felt like two teams that wanted to see who could shoot themselves in the foot more and somehow New England managed to win that battle. I, I don't. I don't understand how either, because I cannot think of a time in in recent memory where a team's been penalized for over a hundred yards and still managed to wait, managed to come out with a victory. And I don't know what that. I don't know what that says about Dallas, but I think it says more about how they had to scrape by than how New England just handed it away. You know what I mean? Because. This really should have been the game where Dallas handed handed New England the game because they made mistakes at every key point and somehow New England didn't take advantage of it for the most part. It until it, it they kind of did, but then they didn't. It was very weird. It was a very weird feeling, and I'm very conflicted <laughs> because that game should have been a victory. Like that that last two minutes of the game was the wildest sequence of events I've probably seen in quite a few weeks of regulation, not, right? Exactly of regulation. I, I I have no idea what was going on there. <laughs> it was everything. Um, I mean, it, it's sad that even through all of that, I still thought, "Yep, I'm I'm still gonna go to bed sad." I just feel it. But you get. The first thing of one of the first uh, turnovers of the game, Mac Jones gets absolutely smacked. I'm like, all right, this is the this is the routine. Jones gets smacked. He fumbles. It's a turnover, and it's not even. And it's, you can't blame him because he's getting blindsided because his because on that play, Yadni could just decided, mm, yeah, mm. and he gets obliterated. So as soon as that happened, I got I got the horrible feeling for the day, and then you know it was back and forth. But those last two minutes. New England's New England just got the ball back after a missed field goal, and you're thinking, okay, this is simple. Get a first down, run as much of the clock out as possible, um, walk away, be a victor. Uh, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. 
I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I didn't know it was going to happen the way it did because almost immediately after I say that, there goes a pick six from the best cornerback in the league right now. Um, and I'm like, oh, crap. Well, there's there it is. The game's over. Uh, and then immediately after Mac Jones, uh, Mac Jones darts it to Kendrick Bourne right past the exact same guy in digs and goes for a touchdown. I'm like, OK, there we go. But you still got like, what was it? It was like two and a half minutes. Or so. yeah. No, we took over with 227. Yes. So that would have been like just over two minutes, maybe yeah. 214 or something like that. Exactly. So I was like, well, you're still giving with how with how with how much uh, this defense resembled Swiss cheese yesterday. You knew it knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, I was like, well. The, they need at least a field goal to go to overtime. And I, at that point, I knew that game was at best going to overtime. Like there was no way Dallas wasn't scoring on this next drive with two minutes to go. Um, Dak put up what, 450 yards or something like that, almost 500 yards, I feel like, um, by himself. Uh, so you just knew what was going to happen. Um, and I'm like, this, it was exciting and dis- disappointing. And all I got to say is, you've lost four straight at home. Get a victory, Damon. <laughs> hey, thank, hey, thank God the Jets come to ha- from the town next week. Yeah. Were they on their bye week this week? Uh, I feel like it. I don't think they... Uh... I don't think... I don't remember seeing a Jets score yesterday. Yeah, I feel like they, they were. Please don't watch that game. Just do everything but watch that game. Okay, just <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you don't play the Cowboys this year. You play the you play the Buccaneers. You play year old Phil Brady. It's going to obliterate you like he did every year. Uh, I'm with you on that last drive. I told my dad. Uh, I said the Cowboys are only limited by their imagination what they can and want to do on this last drive because mm-hmm. I knew it's like whatever they want to do, they're going to do it. Like it just, I'm with you there, but I take a different view of the game overall a slightly different view overall than you do. T- to me, I, I, what if what has been the main, com- the key complaint about the Patriots offense so far this year, aside from the offensive line troubles? They've yet to convert field goals into touchdowns. That happened Sunday. Mm-hmm. They had no choice. They had to. But I, I applaud them for doing that because I think that's the next step in this offense. Is okay. We've seen Mac can control an NFL offense. We've seen he can move the ball. Now we have to get those field goals into touchdowns, and they did that. On yeah, and the Cowboys outplayed them like two to one in almost every uh, uh, statistical category, including plays run. Yep. So you had a limited amount of time. You took advantage of it, and you 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 made the most of limited opportunities. To me, that says a lot about where this offense is going. And I think this, beyond any doubt, if you had any doubt about the Patriots after last week's game in Houston coming off that emotional loss to Tampa, I think this proves to you that this team has something going. It just has to figure out how to win. When they do that, I don't know. But I, this team has something. And if you, to me, if you don't say that, you're wrong. You can't argue there. I, I really think that this was the next evolutionary step in the development of Mac Jones 
and this offense. I truly believe we watched this offense grow up yesterday. And really, we watched it grow up. Really, we've seen it all year round, but you can really point to the last drive against Tampa, putting Nick Folk in a position to make a field goal. And then the comeback last week in Houston. And then today, it was a full game. Or not today. Sunday, it was a full game. Where you put two and two together, the offense looked somewhat in rhythm. Yeah, I know they didn't have a lot of uh, – they had some three and outs on the, the beginning of the second half, but everyone has three and outs at time to time. It's, it's, okay, big deal. Mm-hmm. It's special when you don't. So I don't, I don't put anything on that. It just – it happened. I think we're seeing this offense grow up. I think the big thing – the biggest thing – one of the biggest things there was they uh, uh, to add to the turning field goals and the touchdowns was that they actually managed to score in the first quarter. And they didn't manage to just score once. They managed to score twice. Mm-hmm. And scoring that one time was big enough because they hadn't done it all season. And doing it then really got that spark because they had to been play- – they basically had to be playing from behind, it feels like. Uh, the whole time w- with some few exceptions and but getting out hot and fast on the fo- in the first quarter is I mean, p- pretty much what kept them alive for the game I mean, that that gave them the uh, the ability to get to where you know even though they lost in the end they, that gave them ability to get there um imagine i mean this game would have never went to overtime had they not scored then because, in fact, they probably would have scored even fewer. They might, obviously, if they hadn't scored in the first quarter, that's fourteen points off the board. But I can't imagine they'd have scored. They might have had a hard time getting fourteen points on the board at all had they not gotten that first start. Because um, that 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 has been the problem for most of the season is getting the start and being able to ride off that momentum. Well, they did that, and like you said, I think that's some. They they found the formula that they need at least a part, part of the formula they need to be able to to get that going and keep going with it. Uh, now you just got to figure out some of the holes in the defense, whether it's the play calling or the personnel. Or it's got be, Obviously, it's always a combination because yesterday that defense was, well, I already said it, Swiss cheese to the highest extent. There were holes everywhere, and it didn't matter how much penetration they were getting. The, the the secondary wasn't helping out. It, it, the, the secondary also got banged up, though. That, and I that know there's well. an X-man-up mentality, but facts are facts. Sometimes yeah. when you're missing guys back there, the results show, and it's not pretty. Yeah, and there's a reason that – what was it? What was it against uh, Tampa Bay that when uh, – was it J.C. Jackson or was it Jonathan Jones that was out for a couple plays? There was a I, reason that when one yeah. of them went out, Justin Bethel came in. Came in. Yeah, and, and Brady went right to him. Right to him, right off the bat. Um, there's a reason for that uh, because, because you know they're not the starting guy. And that doesn't necessarily mean they are good. Obviously, they have to be to some extent, but there's a reason they're, they're there for backup. And so – it's not a, it's not a bad idea to target him. <laughs> you gotta you gotta take what you can, right? But um, I don't blame him. But it was like the whole time I just kept feeling Judon's getting in there. You know, um, he was putting he was getting penetration. I felt like every time every play, like you kept thinking Dak's gonna get rolled out and he's gonna get leveled, and 
half second if the D, the secondary held for another half second Dak had been on the ground at least three times maybe four times um instead every time that I'm speaking of it turned into 15 20 25 yard play um the the last one being that 24 yarder that put him at fourth and one and put him in field goal range to to send it to overtime right you, you hold, had him you hold for another half second maybe even a quarter second and Dak's on the ground, or that ball's not going as far as it as it did, and that was a harder field goal, or not a field goal at all. You know they missed fifty one too, so you knew they wanted as many yards as they can get. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. I really can't. But I, I I do think that the fact the secondary is beat up has to be at least factored into this for sure. Uh, critique of the of the defense. I mean this. We're used to the defense being the strength of a football team, and then arguably they still are, but there are holes in that defense. So I, I just, I don't know. I really don't. <sighs> it it was a wild game, the one day. It was just, it was really, really wild. It was one of the weirdest games I think I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Let's move on to the Jets. Uh, we already played them this year. Uh, we beat them down in the Meadowlands. So what What do we think of the Jets? I mean, they have won a game since then. So, I mean, they have got that. But do you expect more the same from Zach Wilson playing Belichick? Or do you think they've learned something? What What do we think of the Jets? I I still think they'll, they're, they're still not a great team. I mean – they still got a lot of things that are, that are going wrong for them. And frankly, I, I can't imagine going into Gillette, despite the fact that New England's all of their losses have been at home. Uh, this is one of the situations where I you can't imagine anything going well for them because they already botched it once. And I, I, it's it, it might be a closer game. It might be a slightly closer game. Um, granted, it's not super difficult to be – uh, bringing in a little closer than 16 points uh, from what was it 25 9 last time? 25 12. 25 12. What? Yeah. What? Wait, yeah. Yeah. My brain's going. Uh, but either way, point point being is that it, it's, um, I think it'll be a, it'll be a, if the defense kept up what they did against the Jets the first time. That'll, I mean, you gotta, you gotta keep, uh, uh, rattling Wilson. 25-6. Um, ah, there we go. There we go. Um, and the offense, the offense has got to do what they did ye- uh, yesterday. They've got to start fast. They've got to establish the running game. Damien Harris, and, uh, Harris uh, was was pretty good yesterday. Um, but they got to they got to protect Mac just a little bit better. Just a little bit. Um, and, and they'll be fine. Uh, I it's the Jets. I'm never worried about the Jets. Um, it, that's it's just that's just how it is. I'm never worried about them, and I'm just not worried about them right now either. I'm worried about the Patriots a little bit, but at the same time, we've seen that they're they're making the moves that need to be made. They just need to make them in such a fashion that it wins them the game. But you're getting there. They're getting there slowly. It's a it's still a puzzle piece that needs to be completed. This is a gotta have it game because your next two are at San are at the Chargers and at the Panthers. Mm-hmm. You need this one, yeah, you, in the worst possible way. You need something to 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 give you that momentum. 
Mm-hmm. Those are going to be tough games, especially Los Angeles. Uh, we'll get to them in a second. Uh, but first, I want to talk a little bit about the game in London yesterday. And for that, I'll turn it over to my London correspondent, Mr. Dan Shrewsbury, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember moving to London. No. <laughs> hey, if you're going to I can move to Liverpool and watch Everton play. <laughs> sure. Sweet. <laughs> That that was a fun game to watch, actually. Um, the uh, I paid attention to most of it. I think actually, I think I tuned in about the second quarter because I actually forgot there was another London game this week, um, and I just happened to turn it on. Um, it was the kick. I, I can't believe the kicking. Honestly, um, I, what's his name? Wright, Matthew Wright. Yeah. Yeah. So he let's see the the Jaguars had been struggling all season up to this point with kicking field goals. I think they made maybe one or two all season. Like they, they'd missed a majority of their field goals. And the story here was that Wright was as, as the commentators put it, basically picked up off the street, signed on the practice squad and then elevated just this week. Um, And he kicks the, the, the jet. Now the Jaguars had been kind of behind. They, they had been behind the entire game. Um, up until actually up until the third quarter when they, it was 13 to 10 and then up until about the, the actually the, yeah, the, it was 13, 10 at halftime. And after that point, Jacksonville started to get a little more going cause they, they had scored right to end the, the half. And then they came in and did the old Patriots double dip. Um, and they scored in the third quarter as well to bring it to 17, 13. And then of course Miami struck back, but, at that point, like Jacksonville had established control, they they knew what they needed to do at that point, and um, once it came down to it was like it was three three forty five left in the game, something like that. A fifty four yarder, Matt uh, right lines up for the fifty four yarder, and he kicks it, and immediately the commentators were like, "Oop, that's not going to make it." Like it was going to be wide, it was going to be wide right, and it looked it, and then it squeaks in just barely to tie the game and that was at 20 20 apiece um they stop miami get the ball back and go they they didn't need to go very far um they only needed to go like 12 or 15 yards to get into field goal range they line it up with 53 sec uh 53 yards um there was literally a second left on the clock when they when they uh, lined up. It was either overtime or Jacksonville wins, and White just dings it straight through. It was about as perfect of a kick as you could ask for, and they win the game. Um, so Jacksonville finally wins a game. They end their second longest streak in the NFL, uh, losing streak. Uh, it was something like what? Uh, 26 20. games? 20? It was 20. The, 20. the, the awful... Cream sickle Buccaneers have the longest, like twenty seven, that's twenty six, right. somewhere in that area. So they, yep, twenty games. There we are. Um, and that was two his first game back. I saw that he was off of IR, but I didn't realize he was actually going to be uh, starting the game. But it was, it was, um, it was like each quarterback threw for three hundred plus yards, um, which you know that's always fun. Air raid game, basically. Um, by, was, an, by NFL standards, yes, y- yeah. Um, but statistically, like it was pretty much 
even. Like total yards was was cool. it was only a forty yard difference. Miami with the advantage. Both teams turned it over once. First downs. Miami only had two more first downs. Time of possession. Actually, Miami had like five minutes more of that. Um, That's still fairly even. Yeah, it was about as even as a game as as you could get, and the scores showed it because it came down to a last second field goal. Otherwise, it'd have been an overtime. Um, so despite the records being one and four and oh and five, that was a, that was a more exciting of a game than one would have expected. Honestly, uh, so time London got a good game, <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm you, you watched this game. I was actually watching a soccer game, actually two in the time this game took to be played. Uh, we all know how bad the Jaguars are. We all know how the Dolphins had expectations coming into this season. Does the way that game was played and played out seem more about what the Jaguars have figured themselves out or how bad the Dolphins are and there's a problem in Miami? I'm going to say... Oh, I'm going to say that the... You know what? I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go with the, there's a problem in Miami. I mean... I, I was think waiting for you to be optimistic for like a half a second. I was waiting I, for it. Yeah. I was like, you know, but I thought about it yesterday because I kind of thought about something, something similar to this question yesterday. Well, you know, they, they, they were hyping Tua up and, you know, I'm not saying they did it incorrectly or whatever, but, you know, they come in, they win their first game against New England um, and Tua gets hurt and immediately they, they go on, a, they hadn't won a game since they beat the Patriots. Um, granted, Tua wasn't starting for every one of those games except for, you know, yesterday. Um, and, you know, they think, all right, well, Tua's gone. Clearly, when he, maybe when he comes back, they'll be back in the, in the form. But here's the problem. Now, Tua doesn't play defense, and their defense has given up almost 200 points. Uh, what? Yeah. 200 points? It's, I think it's 177, actually. Yeah. They they've been okay, outscored okay. Let me, 177 let me, to 99. Okay, let me outscored. let me let me clarify that. I thought you were gonna say per game, and I oh. thought I missed it. <laughs> I thought I missed yeah. it, and I was like, "What?" Yes, they give up. Where, they might as well where'd give up you, 200 where'd points. You, a game. Where'd you lead the decimal, buddy? <laughs> you of all well people did not lead that decimal. This is true. Um, <laughs> so I mean, they they've literally they in the AFC East they they have given up the most points. They have given up more points than any team in the AFC East has scored this season. Wow. Buffalo has scored scored 172 points this season, and they still haven't scored more than Miami has been scored on. Okay, that's a little bit unfair (laughs) because the Bills play tonight. That's also true. They haven't played their week six game. That is true. If it's still that way come the end of the night's game, then we can have that conversation. Yeah, that's that is a little true. bit unfair. The record, uh, I was looking right at it. I was like, wait, yep, the records don't line up. Nope, that is correct. Um, but point is, Miami's defense is hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's New York's given up 121 points, but they, and they've scored 67. New England is basically dead even, 125 and 127. And Buffalo is the exact you know, opposite here, 172, and they have allowed 64 points to be scored on them. Uh, that will be updated after today, of course. Um, so Miami's defense is bad. And it doesn't matter who's in at offense if they can't make up for it. And 
you gotta hope you gotta say they're in a little bit better position with Tua. Um, but that defense doesn't buckle down. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I can agree with that. I was thinking about something similar to that today. I was thinking about how they're one and five now. And they're one of the teams that have been linked arm in arm with Deshaun Watson. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the, their owner apparently believes that if they get Deshaun Watson, they're going to become the new version of the New England Patriots with Tom Brady. Uh, that no, that the new version of the Patriots, Tom Brady resides in Buffalo, actually. Uh, <laughs> but do you think with them one and five, you know how owners are? They overreact to everything. They make fans seem logical. Uh, so these go. Stephen Ross is going to look at them and go, "We're one and five. What the hell? Give me a new quarterback. And if you don't, you're out of the job. I want Deshaun Watson. Get me Deshaun Watson. I don't care how it costs." Do you think that's more likely now? Remember, we have like two weeks of the trade deadline. It. I mean, it's certainly not less likely. Uh, I don't know how much more likely it would be, but if they're actually if. They're, Reports are serious and accurate that Miami does want him. They they got to you right. They got to make a move, and they got to basically do it now. Um, but I think they got to figure out their defense too. They got to get that stuff figured out. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't really matter who you have there. We've seen good quarterbacks with really bad defenses uh, uh, on the other side, and it didn't really matter how how good the, uh, the the quarterback was. And here's um, the problem. They have no first-round pick next year. Yeah. So you can't go get a new corner or a linebacker. Oh, mm-hmm. too bad. So really it comes into what do you have – how what do you have to offer and is – is because I don't know what Houston the, is they, Houston wants asking. like Houston wants like two ones and four twos, probably a player two. That, that's They'll probably right. trade two away. They'll probably give them to a and say, hey, quarterback for quarterback, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. All right, so let's get back to the stateside action. Uh, the Ravens smacked the Chargers yesterday. The Ravens smacked the Chargers. Now, I did not know this. My dad and I were, uh, were out and about, and we had NFL radio on uh, our uh, radio station, Sirius XM. And they were talking about this game, and they said the Chargers came in dead last in the league in rushing defense. Because I asked my dad who do, who think wins this game, and then I heard that, and because he said Chargers, I said Ravens. After I heard that, I'm like, yeah, I feel pretty good now. <laughs> I feel pretty good now, and I was right. Yeah, uh, I I did not expect this much of a smacking. Uh, I I had no I had no real call of who was gonna win. Uh, but I definitely did not expect it to be a 28-point tramp- – well, 34 points scored against them, but 28-point difference uh, between the victor and the, the loser. I did not expect that at all, um, especially with how good you know the um, Chargers offense had been playing. Uh, but then when Justin Herbert, your leading rusher, with 12 yards, uh, that doesn't help. It's never a good thing when your quarterback is your leading rusher. Ever. It's never a good thing. Unless you're Lamar. Unless you're Lamar. <laughs> That's the only exception here. All right. Uh, let's see other games around the league. Oh, I wanted to ask you this because you've kind of followed Washington in the same vein. I had this kind of curious. They lost to the Chiefs yesterday, 31-13. Mm-hmm. 
That game was close. But I want to ask you this question because you've seen a lot more of Washington than I have this year. Is their defense really that bad compared to last year? Or is there something else wrong outside of Heineke? And I, Heineke, to me, is not the problem. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean, when I I think it was the, the game I watched last week. Uh, Cause I didn't, I didn't pay attention. Uh, I didn't watch this Kansas city uh, game, but I think it was last week. Uh, Washington's defense was pretty much dead last in the league in just about every category. Uh, and overall, I, th- I think overall they were 29th or 30th. So pretty much bottom of the barrel. Uh, and that's, that's not good. That's been, I think that's been their big problem the whole time. I mean, it, you give up 31 points. Granted, this is the Kansas City Chiefs. It doesn't matter how good your defense is generally, uh, with the exception of Buffalo. You're probably giving up, you know, 30 points against the Chiefs. But uh, it's it's definitely, I think the biggest problem for sure is the defense. I mean, it's not been pretty to watch. Uh, now they managed to pick off Mahomes twice yesterday, which that's generally one, unheard of. One of those you can't blame on Mahomes. We heard that on the radio coming back home. Yeah, that went right through Tyreek Hill's hands. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like it, it's still Mahomes having two interceptions in that column. You don't you don't hear about it very right. very often. I mean, I, I think I saw a stat yesterday. Mahomes has thrown. <laughs> 15 interceptions in as many games in as many of his last games. So the 15 interceptions in 15 games, um, s- something's going on there with Mahomes, uh, whether it's his receivers in terms of Tyreek Hill, um, or they're figuring him out, uh, which, you know, isn't uncommon. Uh, but I, I don't think that the offense is playing horribly from what I, from what I've seen. I mean, Heineke's doing what he can. He's he's manu- he's manufacturing drives. He's he's done it. He's made some good throws. His re- the receivers have been making some great catches. McLaurin has been has been doing pretty well. Um, but I do think that the biggest problem with that team is the defense. Uh, especially when you're right near the bottom of the of the league in defense, something has to change there. Um, again, you're not winning games. <laughs> And they're two and four, but it's not been it's not been a pretty two. Uh, two even those two wins, I don't think, were very pretty. And I think I watched both of those victories. Let's see who was Atlanta. Was over Atlanta. That one who else? was a shootout. And the Giants. They've been Giants. Yeah, that's it. Thirty to twenty nine and thirty four to thirty. So your defense hasn't made it easy for you, even in those two victories. They're giving up thirty points a game, and that offense can't score thirty one every game. Nope. There you go. Few more games here. How about the four and two Cincinnati Bengals? Joey Burrow strikes again. Yep. He let's see. He got three touchdowns. Yep, three touchdowns, and they three hundred ninety-eight total yards dominated that time of possession. Uh, this is, comes back to the point of the Detroit Lions are just not a good team. They're not a good team. <laughs> but they play hard, though. They play and they're going to get there. I they, really believe they're going to get there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they put up the, the 11 points in the last quarter, so they found some fire. Um, and 
you got to feel bad for them a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, it's like this team's this team's got to figure something out. It's it's not, not the NFL's not rigged against them. They're just a bad team. But yeah. they've got the they've got they've got the they've got something there that that can win a game. They just got to get it in the right place. I will forever echo this as long as I live and as long as I'm talking about Joe Burrow. I said it last year and I will say it again. If he had been healthy, he would have dragged that team to competitiveness. Mm-hmm. It would have been kicking and screaming when he would have dragged them to be competitive. Yep. And I saw that in his second game as a professional quarterback. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Two more games here. Uh, the Cardinals were without their head coach, their quarterback coach, their defensive lineman of COVID, and they went into Cleveland and beat up on the Browns. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it, because of this, if you're the Browns, you had to win that game. The Browns are what? Three and three now. Yep. Yep. They are. You've lost the ability to say you're good. Yeah, if you can't win this game against an undermanned team, even as even if it wasn't like you know half the offense out, you're still losing your play caller and who likely was your backup play caller. Mm-hmm. Can't have that happen. Exactly, and it certainly didn't help them that they didn't have Nick Chubb. Uh, when I saw Nick Chubb was downgraded to out, I was like, oh crap! Now I got to figure out my running back situation. Um, I didn't have to worry too much about that uh, anyway, apparently. But uh, still, I saw Nick Chubb and I was like, well, that's going to be a little harder for them. <laughs> Um, but, uh, apparently also Baker, uh, aggravated his shoulder injury that he had, that he had had, what was it last season, last season? I don't remember, um, or the season, either way, a shoulder injury that he had had prior. He apparently re-aggravated that and he wasn't feeling too well after the game. Um, so that's, you don't want any, I don't care if I don't like Baker Mayfield, you still don't want people to, to have to deal with injuries. So he's, ouch, um. But Kyler Murray threw for four touchdowns. Holy crap. Um, Thank goodness but, for me. But they're, they are, they are like, they're the only undefeated team left. Correct. Right? Um, so they are, they are looking hot for sure. Uh, and the Browns are going kind of sliding into mediocrity. Um, they had a, you know, a hype season last season and they aren't being able to build off that. I have not seen any spark of what they were doing last season. Um, at this point, that's going to get them back to where they were or further. I haven't either. And the thing is, we expect the offense to be good. We expect the defense to be good, and neither of them has. Mm-hmm. All right, one more game here. Steelers beat the Seahawks in overtime uh, on a last-second kick on a kick from Chris Boswell. We were called game. The Steelers are three and three now, despite everyone saying Ben is done. That's what Mike Tomlin does, though. He finds a way to win games, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah, and and they, they got that game-winning field goal off of a Geno Smith fumble. Oh, boy. I he, wasn't he watching goes, this game. That's when the Braves game was on, but... Uh. He went to uh, he went to scramble and try to make a little bit, and he got hit from behind. Uh, act, oh, it was T.J. Watt. Actually, oh boy, that TJ Watt knocks it out of his hand, and and this was deep in their own territory, too. So it was that's as soon as that happened. If I'm a Seahawks fan, you know that that game's over. Um, and and up until that point, like Seattle had driven down to to tie the game. Um, oh, not sorry, that was an overtime that, that that happened, but Seattle had come back, um, at the beginning, uh, you know. 
to actually put this game in overtime. So you'd think they were hot. And TJ Watt says, no, you're not. Bones that out. Bones that fire out pretty quickly. Pour some water on it. Some ice cold water. No, he probably gripped that flame with his bare hand and went, Knowing TJ Watt. Knowing TJ Watt. Um, so, ouch for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and I mean, for the, the Steelers were pretty much dominating that game up until, you know, the well, basically the whole first half. And then Seattle started figuring something out. But um, it's it hurts. Ow. Oh, crap. I forgot. I didn't realize Seattle was two and four. That That's even more surprising. Um, yeah, they have not been able to get a whole lot done. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, to my understanding, their defense hasn't been amazing either. I think yep, that's the story that's, so far. That's the is story. Defenses uh, are bad <laughs> uh, across the it. board, apparently. <laughs> um, it's the NFL in semi-early October. Defenses are still bad. Get back yeah. to me in December. <laughs> we have like eight, 17, 14 games in December. Yeah. On one week. Get back to me on that one. Yeah. I mean, this whole week, I feel like, was um, – I don't think th- – there were very few games that were close. I mean, in, in terms of NFL standards. This game was close, of course, 23-20. Um, the Patriots game. The Patriots game. The Jacksonville, you know, Miami, 23-20. Tampa Bay and Philly was, you know, fairly close. But everything else was – actually, Minnesota won in overtime, too. There was a lot yep. of overtime this week. Um, Those are the only games that were close. Everything else was either a blowout or somewhat medium, but not. Yeah, you know, it was you know ten points or more. Right, and in uh, the NFL, that's considered a blowout. I say that's considered. I think thirteen is where you get to be a blowout in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Ten points is like okay, yeah, not, not a big deal. Thirteen is like oh okay, what ha- what happened to you? Yeah, I mean Las Vegas came out and won like thirty four twenty over uh, twenty four over Denver, and literally first first drive of the game. I get an, uh, I see a highlight that Henry Ruggs scored a touchdown. I'm like, damn it! I uh, put him on the I put him on the bench for Cortland Sutton. Now Cortland Sutton scored some points later on and, and kind of balanced it out for me. Well, it, uh, but I was I kinda, like, dang it! I kind of get it though. I mean, you just had John Gruden leave under the circumstances he did. Do, do you really do you really know what you're going to get out of the Raiders? No. Yeah. I go with the known. Right, I mean, mm-hmm. you know how I do. I almost never draft a rookie in fantasy. Why? I don't know how they are in the NFL yet. Yeah, go with what you know. Exactly. Now, here's the here's thing: the one you came with, as as my as my favorite phrase is. Sutton ended the game with 15.4 points, and Ruggs had 15.7. So that decision was actually a good one. It was Metcalf that ended up being the quote unquote disappointment, uh, which you know isn't entirely his fault. He caught six of seven targets, so he caught what he was thrown. Um, he, and so, really, it came down. It should have came down to that decision. But either way, uh, everything was pretty pretty good. There, Hunter Henry helped me out a little bit. That was a fun touchdown. Now it's I've got Buffalo's defense left, and they're playing Tennessee. So I think I'll be decent. And I have AJ Brown left, and I'm down, and I need AJ Brown to have a good game. And I'm like, that's not going to happen, but I can't <laughs> have anyone else because I don't have anyone else help me. And it's just, it's, it ain't good. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, wow. You, you, you do need him to, you need him, you uh-huh. basically need him to hit projection. Y- yeah. And the way my receiving goal is gone, I'm not betting on that. Yeah. Just 
not no not, not really thinking that. All right. So let's get down to business here. Let's go over some of the games coming up in week seven of the National Football League season. First game on the docket we're going to talk about. Chiefs, Titans. We don't know how the Titans are going to be yet, but we know how the Chiefs are going to come into that game. That seems like a pretty interesting game to me, doesn't it? I, I would think so. Um, I mean, this might be – now. this is another game where the Chiefs uh, – another – yeah, another game where the a team where the defense hasn't been too amazing. Um, I don't know where they rank in the league, but they've not been uh, praised very much. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defense has not. Um, so maybe this is a game where Tannehill can kind of Tannehill hasn't been bad, right? He's, he's no, he's been he's pretty been, good. Yeah, he's been solid. Like he's six touchdowns, well, three interceptions. But but um, given how but given how his weapons have been out. Yeah, you can forgive six and three. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he's not he's not been horrible. Now, fantasy wise, he has, but that's that's a different story, right? Like we, that's yeah, that's a totally we, different story. They're not supposed to care um, about that. They're not supposed you and to I. care. They they want that W, and they don't care how they get it. Um, but in terms of fantasy wise, on me, I haven't started Tannehill in probably three weeks <laughs> because I've seen the trend. Now you're playing a not so decent, not so great Chiefs defense, maybe. Maybe something goes right for him. Um, maybe they maybe they find those holes. And Mahomes might be without Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think he got injured yesterday, didn't he? I don't know. I how. think so. I don't know yeah, what the injury so. was, but I can't imagine. I think it was a calf injury. Yeah. That generally is not good. No. Um, so that's that kind of makes makes me feel not I was already not feeling too bad about trading away Tyreek Hill but now I just feel even not as bad about it um as good of a, as a receiver he is but I traded him away and eh, haven't looked mm, back yeah. um and oh but if you're going to be without him that's that's going to hurt a little bit um so really it's a combination of Derrick Henry is he going to to carry them, uh, keep carrying them. I mean, it's Derrick Henry. Do I have to ask that question? <laughs> yeah, I, you shouldn't. Uh, and then is, is, is Tannehill, is Tannehill's receivers going to find those holes in the defense there? And, and can they, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good game. Um, I think it's really a battle of, can the chiefs defense buckle down a little bit? Because I think that's what it is. If Tennessee exploits that defense just enough, they could come out with the, they could come out with the win. I can agree with that. Game of the week next week. We're going to get it here in West Virginia, here in my part of West Virginia. And I'm so glad about that. Bengals going to Baltimore. Game Ooh, of the week. That will be a good to see what that's one o'clock. Oh, I should definitely get that. Um, I mean, th- that's at Baltimore. Yeah. If I don't yeah, get I think that, I know what game you and I are watching. I was like, if I don't get that game, something's wrong because yeah. Baltimore is two hours. To, uh, to the east of me. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get that game. I, I think we know what game you and I are watching. Uh, yeah, that that's a game I'll watch for sure. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm. How about for the Lions, man? You feel bad for them. they got to go to the Rams this week. The Matthew Oof. Stafford reunion and Jared Goff Oof. reunion. But... So uh, so what you're saying is I'm going to keep Stafford on the starting roster this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I did. I wasn't going to question that anyway, but uh, now that kind of just solidifies my, my choice here. Uh, Matt Stafford staying on the roster. 
Yeah, yeah. There's no other really games that really stand out to me next week. There really aren't. I mean, you got Bears and Buccaneers. The the Bucks lost to the Bears in the in the game. Brady forgot what down it was, and <laughs> they're gonna want it. But outside of that, meh. Yeah. Now I say that now when like all these games will be closed next week, but it's like <laughs> when you look at it now, you're like, going. Why do I care? Yeah, you're pretty much looking at these and thinking it's going to be a snore fest or someone's blowing someone out. Like, I don't know. New Orleans, Seattle is probably going to bore me, and that's an eight. Fi- that's that is Sunday night football, right? Monday night football. Monday night football. Yeah. Mo- Sunday night's ago. Colts. Sunday night's Colts. Nine. Yep. That, that could one, be interesting. That, that, could, that could be, be interesting. Yeah. Um, Houston, Arizona. Honestly, not even worth tuning into because you know what's going to happen. Even if you, even if the Cardinals weren't as good as they are, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, wants that game. Oh yeah, he wants he wants it bad. Even if it's not the Texans that traded him away, I mean, it, it is it's team, but it's not the same guys like Casario is there and your mm-hmm. head coach. You you still know he wants it. <laughs> yeah. Panthers, Giants. The Giants don't have anyone left on offense. I mean that almost literally. Eagles, Raiders, eh, Falcons, Dolphins. Denver and Cleveland on Thursday. That's, no, I'm watching man. a baseball game on Thursday. <laughs> Actually, I hope I'm not because I if, I if I if I am, that means the Dodgers have won a game. I hope <laughs> I'm not. I hope the Braves win in four. I want to sweep. Yeah, I was about to say in in the championship uh, in the the league, concert, league championship league championships. Yeah. Those are f- four games to to win, right? It's a best of seven. Yeah. Okay. So we play. We played Saturday, Sunday. Today's travel day. We got the next three in LA if we need game five. Then if we don't, if we need game six and seven, they'll be in Atlanta after uh, Friday travel day. So, gotcha. Let's jump to the collegiate ranks now, shall we? Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see. Here. Oh, that that happened. Texas blew another fourth quarter lead. Horns down. Hey, remember that thing I said about Texas being back? Yeah, in, I do. In the actually. trash. Yeah. Yeah. They, Texas is a dumpster file. <laughs> I don't care if they're four and three and have a winning record and and uh, and are still better than WVU right now. They were in, they were garbage file, and I'm going to continue to laugh at them. I thought about this. West Virginia keeps getting behind, right, in games. Mm-hmm. Texas keeps throwing fourth quarter leads. We're going to beat Texas this year. <laughs> We're going to beat Texas. Hey, looky there. They're going to get down, then they're going to blow a fourth quarter lead, and we're going to come back and win the game. Everyone wins. Yeah. All right. Let's go. (laughs) Hooray for saying the pattern. Hooray. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if that that happens, I'm I'm going to chill and... I don't. I can't bone couches, and I won't bone couches. But I will be wishing I had a couch to bone. <laughs> if, if that happens, I am coming on this show the, the two days after that game, and I am going to never stop talking about that. You will not get a word in, okay? Just don't even bother calling in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two, Cincinnati. <clears throat> what a time to be a Cincinnati football fan! Absolutely, they Bengals and Bearcats. Good. Yep, whipped up. You at UCF did not come to play. Nope. I mean, they did not. I really, I, I, Dad and I watched that game thinking it'd be close. I think you have, I think you have, uh, UFC, UCF was still in Orlando. They did not get off the bus to play that day. Nope. And I, 
I I ordinarily would say that's all that Cincinnati did, and they did well. But if you watch that game, you know UCF did not come to play. Exactly. So they were talking about this. I had a conversation, and I kind of want to get you going on this. Does Cincinnati have to have games like this where they blow someone out by 35 or 40, however many it was, every single week to make the playoff, even as an undefeated team? Like if they have a squeaker against <clears throat> Navy this week, do they automatically, does that plant that seed of doubt in the committee where they go, well, they almost lost to Navy? Yeah. Because we're talking about humans making this decision, it would it would be naive to say the answer was no, that that they'd be safe regardless. Um, I because I I genuinely believe with it with how they handle things and how much we basically see this this implicit favoritism for certain teams and certain you know situations. Um, certain behemoth conferences. Exactly. It wouldn't surprise me if let's just say Cincinnati wins by two touchdowns against Navy. It wouldn't surprise me if they still tried to hold that against them because it's like, well, you know, Oklahoma did this. Maybe they should be number, you know, blah, blah, blah. Because what Oklahoma's number th- back to number. Th- um, yeah. And yeah. Bama's four. Well, Bama whipped up on Tennessee. Yeah. It's like, but, but Cincinnati, Georgia, you know, yeah. it's like Cincinnati is yeah. not in a strong conference, blah, blah, blah. Now, these, these are things that we can see like how they could justify it. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that's what they should be using to justify it. No. Um, but that, that, that's exactly what's going to happen. I, I, if, if Cincinnati it, with Navy specifically, if that's in this hypothetical scenario, now I don't know the rest of the schedule. But, I don't, I had it, but I don't remember it, but they definitely, even if they're undefeated because they're in the American conference and b- because they aren't some big old big name that they, that's been favored by the committee for the entire time this, this playoff committee has existed. Um, they pretty much have to keep dominating. Um, otherwise, they could be at risk of being a an undefeated team on the outside looking in because somehow they decided a uh, one loss Alabama decided to be it, you know assuming they stay one loss, it very well could be the case. Or if they're two loss, you got to like if they play Georgia uh, or when they play Georgia, let's just. Let's just put that out there. Yeah, like it's gonna <laughs> um, happen. It's gonna happen in the first week of December. Yeah. But it, it wouldn't. It does thing. These are things that would not surprise me, and and I hope that doesn't have to be the case. Because if you're num- if you're now the number two team in the country, undefeated, just handling you, you did not lose the momentum you had last season. Um, like there was the points in the season where we thought Cincinnati. Cincinnati was we thought might be the dark horse and be shoved into the CFP. Like they, we thought they might have been in potentially gotten in there. Um, Arguably should have. Yeah. So now I think they're right. They're riding on that, and they they know where they want to be. So it's. I think they need to dom. I think they can keep dominating. That's the thing. I think they can, and I, it does. It does not. Would not surprise me at all if they do. Uh, but one small thing, and the CFP is going to show why they are just a bunch of butts. Keep it clean, buddy. There we go. Just a bunch of butts. Uh, and I genuinely am tired of the CFP and everything about it at this point. 
I will reiterate what I, what I said on this show last year when we were trying to fill time in the summer where we didn't realize we take, we take a break. We, to have a playoff does not mean you have to have a committee. Because simply have used the BCS computers. And what a wild concept this would have been. Schedule a second BCS game. Like, do the same format you do now where you take two of the New Year's Six and you make them playoff games. Use the same BCS formula. What a wild concept that is, right? Mm-hmm. The BCS ranked every team in the country. It didn't just be on top 25. It ranked every team in the country, and it had to because the BCS computer was designed to take into account who you beat, who, the, who they beat, who they have. It went on down the line. Mm-hmm. So it had to quantify every team in the country. Yeah. You would have had a definitive ranking here. Exactly. There's all, there was always and, and a this... playoff committee cannot watch every game in the country. Yeah. They're only going to watch the teams that they have to, and that's fine. But you're inherently getting favoritism and a little bit of short-sightedness yeah. by, by not having a computer do its job. Exactly. And the, the one thing that, that was always the argument, and I, and I – I agreed with this point, right, with the CFP and having a human committee is that they can take into account things that ever it's, it, it, you know, things like um, it, well, all the intangibles that you just can't measure, that you have to see that a computer can't go, oh, that's, that's a decimal point here, um, throw that in there. The, but because of the exact point that you just mentioned, they cannot watch every single game, every single player, every single scenario to to make to account for all of those intangibles. And when they're doing, and, and they're going to only do it for those big teams, those big teams that are really that really matter, uh, so to speak. Um, that is the downfall, and it has been the downfall of the CFP this whole time. We've seen it every single year where a team that should not have been there has been there. And then what happens, they get blown out and we laugh at them because they shouldn't have been there to begin with. And know why they go in there? Because they're them. Oklahoma. And they think they're going to get the TV ratings. And most times they do, but the college football playoff is a TV show that happens to decide a national championship. That's all it is. Exactly. Speaking of a team that we're fairly certain will be in the playoff this year, Georgia beats Kentucky 30-13, to and this is why Kentucky should hang their heads high. They're the first team to score two touchdowns on Georgia in the same game all season. Oh, my goodness. And the first team to score touchdowns in the second quarter, score points in the second quarter on Georgia all season. Uh, this game went about how I thought it would. Kentucky hang around for the first half, and then Georgia would finally pull away. Georgia is the number one team in the country. They deserve to be, but Kentucky is Kentucky's good. And don't anyone ever forget that. They ha- it's not just a basketball school. Mark Stoops <clears throat> has built that program up. You cannot and should not overlook Kentucky so long as he's there. Yep. Hey, you want to do an upset special? Sure. Boiler up. Yeah. That was that was surprising when I saw that, and they didn't just beat them; they they had, they pretty much manhandled them. There was <laughs> there was basically no life in that in that Iowa team afterwards. It, that was I saw the score even I think it was I think it was by halftime. I was like, oh boy, we got a we got an upset alert at halftime. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right. So uh, one question for you. Iowa dropped from two to 11. Should they have dropped that much? And also partially that also kind of asked the question, should they have been number two in the country? I think uh, to that point, I think we had, they had, they had, they had, they had worked their way up there. Um, but see, oh man, what the, I was trying to see the straight up rankings to see the, who gained and who dropped with that go. I just had it open and I closed it. While he's doing that, Iowa had beaten a top 10 at that point, Iowa state team. Mm-hmm. And they beat a top five, number four, Penn state. They had two of the best yeah. wins in this, in the country. Mm-hmm. You, you can't really hold that against them. No, not at all. Even if they weren't winning it in an efficient manner, which is they turned the ball over, they had no offense. Doesn't matter. They still won the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they 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 worked it up there. And let's see. So let's see. Yeah, they wow. They yeah they dropped. They did drop straight up nine positions. Oklahoma State jumped up from twelve to eight after their victory. Michigan State dropped uh, went up. Yeah, basically everyone just shift. Everyone in the top five pretty much just shifted one, and then, and then, uh, wow, Ohio State's back to five. Boo. Um, There's your playoff uh, uh, spoiler. <laughs> if they win the Big Ten with one loss, mm. mm-hmm. this is this is exactly where you get into the. You know what Harbaugh needs to do. Win the game that matters. (laughs) If Michigan wins the Big Ten with one loss, or an undefeated, okay. If Michigan wins the Big Ten as an undefeated conference champion, having beaten Ohio State, Mm -hmm. going up against an undefeated American champion, Cincinnati, for the number four spot, who gets in? Oh, that, that, that's, that, that hurts me to say it, but. I, I feel we like no we both know the we answer know, to we this. We both know what they're going to do because they're going to they're going to put that gold star king that crown on top of Harbaugh's head and say you finally did it me boy you finally did it and push him in there. Um, and that's what's going to happen. And they're going to lose to Georgia by 80. And then they're going to lose to Georgia by 80. Exactly. Um, at this point I'm I'm hard to press to believe anyone won't lose to Georgia by 80, but Still, that's probably the scenario that would happen. If it came I, down to Cincinnati versus Michigan for right, the number four spot. My dad now talked about that the other day because my dad said, well, we'll see if they can beat Ohio State. And I'm like, if they do and they run the table the rest of the way, uh, <laughs> Cincinnati just starts sweating bullets. Yeah. At that point, it comes – like, let's say the rec- let's say the rankings stay where they're at right now. Let's just, let's just say theoretically. And it gets down to Michigan beats Ohio State. They're on. They're uh, if Michigan beats Ohio State, they would jump into that full spot, and knock Oklahoma, Alabama out. I would say. Alabama for the week because they'll play Michigan. Um, they'll play Georgia the next week, mm-hmm. and they'll get back on track. They would probably knock Oklahoma out. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's that would be. That would be. Agree there, yeah. So do you I have think, any more to add on who 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 went up and down? I have another game to get to, but do you have, uh, have any more to add? Nothing else. No, not really. I jumped up a couple spots. NC State. Let's see who's now ranked that wasn't ranked. Uh, Auburn, nineteen. Baylor, twenty. Pittsburgh, UTSA. Do it. Twenty three. How about 25. the Flighting Roadrunners of UTSA? They're undefeated. 
Yep. A few years ago, they were like 1-11. Mm-hmm. And now they're undefeated. Kudos to you guys down there. Yep. Kudos to you guys. Can I tell you the coach's name? Hell no. But he's done a good job. <laughs> I have it in my Phil Steele book, but I don't have it with me right now. It's in the back of the house. I'm not getting up to get it. Yeah. Two more games to talk about here. Ole Miss went to Tennessee, and did you see how this game ended or what happened at that game? Uh, no, I did I did not. Lane Kiffin got hit with a golf ball. Oof. By a Tennessee, thrown by a Tennessee fan after an officiating call. They threw mustard bottles and various things like that on the field after that officiating call. <clears throat> Jeez. They hate Lane Kiffin. Adri bailed on them for one year after one year. And Kiffin, because he's Lane Kiffin and no one else can get can get real with this, had the first in the, before the game he was doing his pregame interview and they were bringing me. He said, "I think they like me." <laughs> <laughs> Only Lane Kiffin would do that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And then he tried to Odell Beckham Jr. the goalpost while walking off like that after a win. <laughs> Only Lane Kiffin. Yep. But hey, he has a number twelve team in the country. He's doing something right. Yep. That he is. All right. Last game here before we move on to one to some games next weekend in college football, including West Virginia. Oklahoma TCU, Oklahoma starts Caleb Williams, Benches, Spencer Rattler. What says you about Oklahoma? We'll get CCU later. Uh well apparently whatever they did worked. I mean fifty two points. <laughs> what Williams threw for four touchdowns and had only five incompletions that whole game. Uh Still surprised when I opened up my, uh, you know, Twitter and saw Kate. There was a video and then said that, unsurprisingly, the Oklahoma crowd went absolutely wild when they saw uh, Williams' name on the board uh, as the starter. Um, so he apparently they're making a, they made a good choice, um, and we'll see how that how that continues. I'm. Still a little surprised, but at the same time, Rattler never impressed me at all anyway. So, Right? Eh. It's like, what does Spencer Rattler do that made people think he was the next anointed Heisman winner? Yeah. I, I don't get it. And surely whatever chances he might have potentially had have are probably down the drain now that he was benched. Um. <laughs> They'll find a way. They'll find a way. <laughs> Not a whole lot of great games this, week, uh, this weekend coming up in college football, but one game stands out to me as I'm looking here on the ranked schedule here. Oklahoma State going to Iowa State. That 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 could get interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Who you like in that game? We the folks. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're on a roll. Yeah. Now it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting I think and I don't know how the defense holds up. Let's see what um let's see the last that okay the defense has been pretty solid in, by college standards they're twenty points twenty four fourteen yeah that's not bad um and then Iowa State has let's see twenty given up twenty seven twenty nine okay so uh, the averages probably work out fairly similarly. Uh, the offense, though, Brock Pody is – he's got like almost – yeah, 13, a little over 1,300 yards, so that passing game's going pretty well. The, uh, Hall, of course, doesn't miss a step. Um, 
the oh there we are there's the averages 16 and a half points per game allowed by Iowa State 19 and a half by uh, Oklahoma State and then the Iowa final State, score 48-41 yeah it'll, I think it'll be a close one um it'll it's looking to be a shoot statistically like the teams look quite even um on, on the board here like the the uh, oh, it's like the total yards like fifty point advantage, a fifty yard advantage by Iowa State, like a touchdown more per game, um, but they're they're pretty close looking at the numbers. So it should be uh, a a close game in the end, but on paper, of course. Right. All right. Let's move on here. West Virginia returns from the bye week to go to TCU. We're continuing our Texas two step. Uh, the Patriots have completed theirs one and one. We hope West Virginia can do the same. Uh, before I get into the, I'm going to give how much do you know about TCU and how they've done this year. Not too much at all, to be honest. I'll read you off their schedule. They beat Duquesne in week one, 45 3. Then they beat Cal, 34 32. Then they had their bye week. Then they lost to what is now the number 21st ranked team in the country, SMU, 42 34. Lost to Texas, 32 27. They beat Texas Tech 52-31 and then lost by that score to Oklahoma last week. So they're 4-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've played pretty much every game close, uh, at, reasonably. I mean, you, you beat Cal in that close game. You lost to Texas by 5. 42-34 is not a blowout in college football, but it's not. Eh. And then you beat, we blew out uh, Texas Tech, and then you got blown out by Oklahoma, who was invigorated after that win over Texas and – your quarterback mm-hmm. and just I, I you know stuff happens. Mm-hmm. I I've, the thing that what I think about TCU is this: we always consider Gary Patterson to be a, a coach that doesn't. I can remember how it was if he had a losing season, he always bounced back and won like ten games the next year. Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened for a while, and yeah. the defense to me seems to be the issue. They don't have a whole lot of offense, and the defense needs to show up. They can't stop the run. They have a problem with run defense, and ordinarily you're rubbing your hands going, yay, West Virginia, but we can't run the ball. So the, their one weakness, we are not in a position to exploit right now. Yeah. And unless something changes miraculously, I don't think we're going to be able to, and that scares me. Mm-hmm. Plus, Duggan has been quite efficient, at least in terms of keeping the ball safe. He's only thrown two interceptions all season. So... That's that's not looking too good for this for this defense either, who has basically been hot garbage as of lately. Yeah, kind of. This game scares me. Yeah, I it mean, really the, does going yeah. down there on a Saturday night. Uh, uh, yeah, so can you say two and five? Yeah, for sure. I, I I don't I don't have any faith that this offense is going to figure things out, and we've already fig we've already realized, and and this isn't for the most part, isn't the defense's fault when it comes down to you can only rely on a defense to keep you in the game for so long. Um, that's been the case basically all season uh, is you can only rely on them to save your butt so many times when the offense isn't working. And I don't expect them to be able to continue to, to do that either. The defense just needs to help out more. And if they do, then maybe. But I do not have much um, hope that that will happen. <laughs> I don't either. I really don't. There's, there, there's so many problems with this team. It's impossible to fix in one week. I just, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't expect this team to win a whole lot more going down the road. I hope 
four and two going down the stretch, but you're going to need to get to a bowl game. I don't think we're going to get that. I, I don't think so. If you do, you got to start it now. Mm-hmm. Get yourself some kind of a breathing room at that three and four. Exactly. All right. So one more thing to talk about here, and that is the abrupt departure of Coach Ed Orgeron, a.k.a. Coach O from LSU. Uh, I want your reaction to this, but I also want to point out how weird it is that they're firing a guy and he still gets to finish the season. That, to me, among all, among all the things that were weird, that was the most bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. If you're going to fire him, just get him out of there. Yeah. It, it, I saw it, and I'm, I'm just confused. The whole thing's weird. I mean, I read that article that you showed me, and I'm like, my goodness, what? I, I genuinely am speechless. Um, and, and the biggest thing for, for I think both of us at least is you're barely two seasons removed from one of the best college performances or college football performances in all of history and a national title. Um, and similarly removed from basically losing everybody that mattered for, from that season. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just confused, very confused. <laughs> and that, and they just beat him in Florida. Apparently, these were already, you know, these discussions were already being had before this game, but my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. I read the article. What really just, it, what, something didn't sit well with me in terms of how he lost the players and that they were mad about his drug testing. That did not sit well with me as a reason for a team to like to lose a team. That that like I I don't I don't get that. It's like if you're playing college football, and there's even an if you're playing a what is effectively a professional sport, even though some people like to admit it isn't, it is. And you're going to be playing at a high level. It's reasonable to to, believe, to expect that there would be drug testing. And oh, by the way, you're on a college campus. Stuff happens on a college campus. We all know it does. Mm-hmm. D- don't don't get mad over that. His political opinion, okay, I don't agree with how you reacted, but I understand it. But being mad about a grueling practice and then drug testing, I I will blame players on that because he did nothing wrong. It's it's very I mean there's always probably some other things that we might not know maybe other things will come to light for all we know, um, but the whole thing confuses me for sure. Um, I, I can't do much disagreeing at all with with what you say, if, especially if those if it's as as simple as that they're just upset about drug testing or maybe I don't know if there was some something else to it or if um, I, I get it practices suck but if, if they're necessary they're necessary like I, I i feel like i need a little more context given what that article said to really right. understand but like from the surface it seems like okay what I, I i understand the um i understand some of it if i'm a player i uh, i would be upset about some of that as well um and obviously i'm not going to go into any of the ridiculous details but point being is I can understand frustration and I can understand um, 
kind of wondering, like, wondering what, not necessarily where the loyalty lies, but you know what I mean? Right. Kind of start start wondering that to some extent. Um, But I feel like we, I definitely feel like more is probably going to come out one way or the other. Um, That'll help kind of shape this story. And I don't, you know, for the good or better or worse. Uh, But right now I'm, yeah. I'm just extremely confused. I understand parts of it, but other parts of it, I don't really understand how this warrants this type of action, given the given the you know the events of the last two years, pretty much. And if you're looking at it from a solely on the field perspective, you mentioned how we're 21 months from a national championship and 21 months from losing like everyone on that team. It effectively was a new coach coming in and starting over. You gotta be, you gotta restock the cupboard, and that takes time. Mm-hmm. Even no SU, it takes time. Yep. And I think part of this was Saban syndrome. Saban setting setting unrealistic standards for everyone but himself. And being in the same division, they're looking at it and going, "Well, you're not going to beat Saban, and if you're not going to do that, then what the hell are you doing here?" Yeah, that wasn't all of it, but I think it would be insane to think it wasn't part of it. Exactly. Welcome to college football, where everything's moving, the points don't matter. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, that's our show for today. This is Season 2, Episode 13. We'll be back next week reviewing Patriots and Jets, previewing Patriots and Chargers, reviewing West Virginia TCU, and previewing West Virginia Iowa State, I think it is after that. I think so. Can you can you check that? Yeah, let's let us double check. Uh, let's see, week eight. Yeah, um, ah, I know we're back in Morgantown, West Virginia, West Virginia. Yes, Iowa State. Got it. All right, uh, October thirtieth. Mm-hmm. I knew we were back in Morgantown. That's the first time they played in, in home in like a month. Since who was the last home game? Uh. Wow! Wow! Right? Yeah. And that long? We didn't play. Yep, it was. We played Baylor on the road. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's craziness. All right, we'll be back next week reviewing West Virginia TCU, previewing Iowa State versus West Virginia, and as usual, probably having a group favorite test out to West Virginia loses again. So, for Darren, I'm Lucas. It's time to begin season two, episode thirteen. Darren, take us home. Adios, everybody. Enjoy the cool weather.